Father's Day, everyone. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So good to be with everyone this morning. Happy Father's Day to all of our great dads. You know, I was listening to somebody. He said, you know, I never really liked the Father's Day messages at church. He said, you know, the mothers always got the wonderful messages about how wonderful they were and, you know, tears, you know, what my mom was so great. And then he said when it was Father's Day, it was always messages about how you need to do a better job, you know. And he said, I never did like going to, to church on Father's Day because the message were, messages were always condemning. But I believe you're going to be blessed today, amen, uplifted by the Word of God because we have some amazing dads in this church. And, I, you know, there was two words that came to my heart today was favor on your family. Favor on your family. And so I believe that today for for each and every household, there is the favor of God working and moving in your child's lives, your wives, your house is a house of God's favor. Amen. Amen. Can we just pray over all the dads right now? Could, could you just stand up? We love to acknowledge our great dads. Just stand up real quick. Father, we praise you. We just stretch our hands to all of these powerful, strong leaders in their houses. They lead their families and point their children to you, God. Point their children to your word. Point their children to a life of faith. And so we thank you that you strengthen them. We thank you, Lord, that they they receive a fresh anointing, a fresh strengthening, a fresh vision even for what they desire to see take place in their, in their home, in their household. And God, I thank you that you're moving. You're answering every prayer and you're moving in their lives in a powerful way. We just thank you, Lord, that you continue to bless them. You continue to strengthen them. You continue to grow their faith and strengthen that resolve they have to be a strong leader for you in the midst of their house, in the midst of this world where we need godly men and godly fathers. I thank you, Father, that you're moving through their influence in the people that are around them. The people in their world are influenced for good because of their life and because of their faith in you, God. And we give you all of the glory and the praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Y'all are blessed. Amen. Our dads are blessed. Amen. 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 While we pray for we get in the word today, hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for the power of the Holy Spirit that's in this place. Thank you today for your spirit that's here to help us, your spirit that's here to guide us, your spirit that's here to grow us up and to help us know better the Word of God, to help us see more clearly the direction that you're taking us. Father, I thank you for an unction on your Word. I thank you, Lord, that I have an unction from the Holy Ghost and that there's 
there's an, a boldness and there's an anointing upon your word as it goes forth. I thank you, Lord, that it breaks every chain. There's an anointing on the word of God to break chains off of our minds and off of our lives and off of our bodies. And we thank you for that now, that that, that that anointing is in this place right now, moving among us, moving in our hearts. And we just receive from the Holy Ghost today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Put your hands up one more time. Let's just praise him. We just worship you. Rabanda la lavata sikiye rabande rabasikiyede. Rola banda rabande de rabada de radada da bakaye sikiyeda. No radada da ramasikiyada rabasheyada. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you in this place. We magnify you in our lives, Jesus. To you be all the glory. To you be all the praise. For all the victories won. Hallelujah. For all the blessings and all the good things that we experience in this life. All the good things that we walk in as a church. All of the revelation. All of the wisdom. All of the understanding. We give you all the glory for it. We give you all the praise for it, God. We magnify you. Brola Mande raba karabande de basata yerede de rabande. Grorabanda rabande de deraba daraba karabande de darabo sobre. Praise God. Praise God. We thank you that a spirit of wisdom rests upon this church. Spirit of wisdom rests upon these people. Spirit of favor and a spirit of wisdom rests upon each house. We know that by the Spirit today. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. It's making a difference. I thank you for a notable difference. A notable difference in our families. A notable difference in our marriages and in our children's lives because of you, because of your favor, because of your wisdom. We give you the praise for it. We couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't want to do this without you. Oh, but we're so thankful that you're with us. You abide within us. You never leave or forsake, but you walk with us each and every day, guiding our steps in the way that we should go. And we just glorify you now for it in Jesus' name. And everybody believes that, says amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, go with me, if you would, this morning over to Philippians chapter 1. And, uh, you know, it's Father's Day, but um, I'm not going to tell you how to be a dad. <laughs> How's that? I had a great dad, though. I can tell you that uh, I was really blessed and am blessed with a wonderful uh, father who really influenced my life and I can I can tell you the importance of having that um, in your life in your family having a strong spiritual leader you know this world is really craving leadership yeah. 
you can really sense that um, in the world. You know, Jeremy for a while was um, helping at the school, you know, when the boys were in, in high school and in baseball. He was helping to coach, and, um, you know, I thought that would just last for couple of years but you know he every year he just kept doing it and he kept doing it and he kept doing it I said why are you you know we don't have time for you to be doing this you're down there mowing you know the lawn on Saturday afternoons you know down there at the baseball diamond I'm like why don't you just give it up already and he said I tell you why he said because I'm I'm really impressed to continue on because there's so many of these young men that don't have anybody in their life to be a good influence on them and he said um, he said you would just be amazed at how many of these teenagers don't have anybody in their life they don't have parents that have their lives together you know to be a help you know to them and he said I'm telling you he said they just draw on me and they draw on me and several years later it was really beautiful all of those baseball players came to visit our church and all of them came forward to give their life to Jesus Christ. It was, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But all those years of just sowing into their lives, but they craved, they craved a godly leader. They craved leadership. And, and you see that in the world today. And I, and I touched on this a little bit on Mother's Day. I, I, I ministered on spiritual leadership, and I'm going to just kind of continue on with that. I've got some other things that I'd like to share with you if I could. And I had a tremendous response from people in the church. I don't think I've ever had that many people write me uh, to tell me how much that inspired them, how much that message was an inspiration to their heart in, in, in their in their life and and you know I think sometimes the devil wants to diminish our importance uh, diminish the the role that we play in God's plan but I'm going to tell you every father every mother every uncle every aunt every grandparent you are a leader to somebody you are leading someone. Someone is watching you. Someone is looking to you. And especially if you bear the name of Christian. If you profess before the world that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that you are a Christ follower, there are people that you probably don't even realize or maybe you don't even know them maybe they just follow you on social media you know maybe you've only met them a couple of times in your life or whatever you don't even realize how many people are following your example because they crave it they crave it and we need to as Christians I believe this I believe that there's a deficit in this area I don't think we carry that leadership mentality like we should. I don't think we have that in our thinking that I am a leader for Christ. I am a leader to point people to the things of God. I am a leader in my family. My family needs a spiritual leader to where I'm the first one that says, let's pray about it. 
when they're confused and they don't know what to do or they've gotten a bad report, you know, where do I turn? They turn to my number. They come to me to ask me for prayer or to ask me, you know, to help them or encourage them. You are that person. Amen. Well, I don't want to be that person. There's too much responsibility with that. Eh, too late. You are that person. That is how God is using his church to be that light. And we are that light in the world and we are that light even in the smaller uh, groups like families or friends or coworkers or whatever. You are a leader. You need to have that in your mentality. You need to carry yourself that way. You know, um, I'm usually right about this. Sometimes I'm not. But I can usually spot people that have been in the military. Are you, are you the same way? Like you meet somebody and they just carry themselves a certain way. They're just real sharp. And you talk to them and they're just, they're just leaders. There's something about them. Like Malcolm Senior, you can tell he's had military training. He carries himself like a leader. Were you in the military? Well, you carry yourself like that. That's a, that's a blessing. But do you understand what I mean? There's just that, that forged in their mentality, and they carry that through life. And, you know, I have a friend who um, used to do a lot of um, work, missionary work over in Israel. She said, Israel is amazing. She said, because everybody in Israel has to um, enlist in the military for two years of their life. Everybody. In some capacity, you, you have to, to volunteer to be in the military. So everybody, everybody in the whole nation receives this leadership kind of training, upbringing for two years, and they get certain things forged in their thinking, and it causes them to carry their self different and be more confident and be a take charge type of person. And she said, it's amazing when you go there, you're in a nation full of leaders. Like everywhere you look, everybody's got their shoulders back, their head up. They carry their self a certain way. They have a different kind of mentality and view about life. And when she said that, I thought, man, I wish that was in the church. I wish more people in the church recognized that they carry that in their life and that they fulfill that role, maybe not to the world, but to your world. To your world. And so we're going to talk this morning a little bit about, about leadership, Christian leadership, spiritual leadership. Can we do that? Because I believe it is needed. There is a world out there that's crying out for it. There are children crying out for it. There are grandchildren crying out for it. You know, it's amazing how many families don't go to church today. And how many children have never been to Sunday school or they've never been in a church service. But their parents went to church. And their grandparents still go to church. You understand what I mean? Listen, grandparents, I don't know why I'm on this. This is like the second Sunday I'm on this. Sometimes people think that the sun has set 
in their life when they hit 50. And after that, you've got nothing more to give. That's a bunch of baloney. I said, that is a bunch of baloney. I think after you've lived a little bit of life and you've walked with God for a certain amount of time, just then do you really figure out some things and have some things to share and have some things to say. I pray that this morning you're inspired to be the role model and be a spiritual a leader in your house, in your family, and let's point them to Jesus, the answer. Amen? And let's feel that hunger that's in their heart for God because it's there. There's a hunger for God right now, but there's very few people standing up and saying, I know the way to him. I know his word. I know his ways, and I can help you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go to Philippians 1. And while you're going over there, I just want to read a few scriptures. Can you put that first slide up there, honey? Look at this scripture. It says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, in the Amplified, it says, Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall, and look at this, and go off course like a ship without a helm where there's no wisdom, where there's no spiritual guidance. That could be in a family. That could be in a nation. Boy, I could stop right there and preach the whole sermon. You know, we need to continue to stand for our nation. Let me tell you something. There are some things that we are about to see that are going to shift. It's going to shift in our nation. It's going to shift in nations across this world. Amen. God is going to have his way. I said God is going to have his way. But boy, I think we can really tell the difference when God calls somebody and when somebody's just standing there pretending they're something. We got a lot of pretenders right now, but God is fixing to yank the rug out from under it. Because I'm going to tell you, this nation was born in the will of God and we will finish in the will of God. And we are not going to be taking some God-forsaken route. Well, you know, I don't think Trump was godly. Well, at least he stood up for the word. At least he stood up for what was right. What we have now is a system in place that's trying to take this this nation in a direction completely away from the Bible and completely away from what's pure and holy. But they're not going to be able to do it. Amen. I said they're not going to be able to do it. But notice what it says. It says where there's no wise or intelligent guidance, the people fall. And go off course like a ship without a helm. There's not a wise person there to steer it in the right direction. But in the abundance, look at this, of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. Hallelujah. When there's wisdom in your house, when there's boldness to stand for truth in your house, guess what reigns in your house? The victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It may not always feel, you know, you know sometimes uh, 
I don't think people understand what the anointing is. You know, the anointing, you don't always feel the anointing. You don't always get up here and feel the anointing to uh, preach a message. You don't always feel the anointing to go pray for somebody in the hospital. Well, you know, you don't always feel the anointing to be a leader to your children and to correct things or to speak up when something must be said. I'm going to tell you, we have a, a world that's trying to brainwash our kids. And when you can tell that a deposit of that has gotten into their thinking, it's time to speak up. That's what boldness and courage is there for. It's there to speak up when somebody needs to speak up. It's there to take a stand when somebody needs to take a stand for God. And I know that we have a world today that doesn't want to hear the Bible. They don't want to hear what God has to say about things. But we have to be bold with our grandchildren and say, no, honey, that's not what the Bible says. Well, my grandkids don't want to hear that. They need to hear that. Forget about what they want. Where are the old school people? It's time to get back to some of the old school. You know, like my, well, you know, I don't believe grandparents should spank kids. Well, mine spanked me. <laughs> and their attitude was, if I can't make you mind, I ain't taking care of you. So when I was over at their house and I misbehaved, uh, I got a little visit with the switch from the tree outside. Why? Because they were old school. And they would do what needed to be done to protect you for what's ahead. See, we got to think about this. We are, I don't know why I'm on this, we are helping our children get prepared for life. We are not in their life to be their best friend. We are not in their life for them to like us all of the time. You have to be willing to let your kids not like you, let your grandkids not like you. You may hate me right now, but one day you will thank me. And it's time for some old school to stand up. <laughs> And say, I'm not going to go the way of Dr. Spock and everybody else that now can't control their kids. Yeah. Remember Dr. Spock? He had all the answers. They thought. I'll never forget one time I was watching uh, one of the morning shows. And they had somebody that had written a book 10 years ago about raising kids. You know, and in there, you know, you didn't discipline. Your, you, know, you didn't want to break their spirit. Don't spank them. You might break their spirit. Now all that nonsense. Well, then 10 years later, they came out with a part two with revisions to part one. Why? Because somebody's got a few 10-year-olds running around that they can't control. The kids don't run the house. That's right. Well, I can't get out. I can't go to church because, you know, my kids are wild. Well, then discipline them. We can't come over for Christmas because our kids will tear down the tree. Well, discipline them. You don't follow the kids. Oh, man. See, that goes up against 
the way people have been, you know, doing things. Well, you know, we just, we just do everything around our kids' schedule. Well, then you'll be following them for the rest of your lives. You know how my parents raised me? They brought me with them everywhere they went. If they went and played cards at somebody's house and it got past my bedtime, they gave me a blanket and told me to go lay down in the floor while they finished their game. And I'd go, go to sleep in the corner somewhere. Oh, well, you know, I just, I, that just sounds like abuse. Well, I figured out, though, early on that my parents were in charge. I figured out early on that manipulation and all that wouldn't work with them because they were in charge and they knew it. Come on now. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are amen in me. That's the problem. You got a bunch of kids in charge and they act like the parents don't know nothing, that the parents are just there to pay the bills and pay for everything. I'm more than an ATM machine. I have some wisdom and guidance and an anointing to be in charge in my house. And it's up to my children to recognize who's in charge. And if they don't have that figured out, then it's up to me to help them figure that out through discipline and other means so that they'll figure it out and submit to that and then do things the right way. Instead of acting like I'm dumb and I don't know anything. I don't know why y'all are meaning that one, but that's really good. That is a good word. Because you don't know how many people can't control their kids right now. And they're little. And they think it's so funny when the little two-year-old's running everything. That ain't going to be funny when they're 16. That is not going to be funny, I promise you. You, you're going to have hell on earth. I did not have kids so that I could have hell on earth. I had kids so that they could be a blessing to the Lord and a blessing to my life. And if you raise them right, they'll be a blessing Hallelujah. to the Lord, to you, and everybody else. Praise the Lord. I, I'm not even into my first point, and I've got to hurry. Where there's no wise or intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there's victory. The Passion Translation says people lose their way without wise leadership. See, the wise have to be leading the way. Not the ignorant ones, not the little kids, the wise ones who are anointed to lead. But a nation succeeds when it has many good counselors to guide it. And so you can see the need. Can you see the need? There's a need for us to stand up and lead in our households, in this world. There's a need for the church to lead, especially right now. And you want to know why? I heard somebody say this the other day, and they said, you know, life just doesn't make sense. They were, there was a person on television. They said, man, life just doesn't make sense anymore. And I, when, the minute I heard them say that, I thought, not to me. Not to those who have spiritual understanding. Life makes perfect sense. 
Is it not the truth? You see all this stuff happening in the world, and you think, well, that's in the Bible. <laughs> well, that's in the Bible. Well, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That's what's happening. The, the enemy's trying to push everything to where the, 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 the leadership of the Antichrist can come in and he can reign. It makes total sense. And so we are the ones that can help bring guidance. That's the guidance that people need. When people are afraid, when people are scared because they're ignorant of how life works and they're ignorant of spiritual things, you can step up and say, hey, I can help you understand this. The Bible explains all of it. But what you need to do right now is make Jesus the Lord of your life because Jesus is coming back. That's the guidance they need. That's the hope that they need. And so spiritual leadership is for right now. It truly is. Um, I want to talk about some things that make a great leader. Things that make a great leader. Oh, I can't stand upright. It's the shoes. I've been in them too long. I'm from Oklahoma. We don't wear shoes anywhere. You should see the bottom of our feet. It's just, it, they're terrible. I go get a pedicure and they're just, you know. What do you do? I walk around barefoot all the time. Uh, but I, I want to talk about what makes a great leader because I'm really interested in this. How about you? Are you interested in being a, a great leader? I mean, it, it, I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, for the fathers, I really feel like the fathers want to do more than be the fun dad. I really feel like they want to be a, a spiritual leader to help lead their children through this time. Moms, this, I want to be more than just, oh, my mom was so loving and, you know, she cooked real good. Well, I'll, that's great, but I want to be a source of leadership to my children to where they can see my life and see my faith in God and follow that, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and help them during this time. And so I, I want to talk about things that make a great leader, and I have four things. The first one is this. A great leader is a person that is always growing. A great leader, if you want to be a great spiritual leader for your family, be a person that no matter what your age, no matter how long you have served God, no matter how long you've went to church, you never stop growing. Can we put that second slide up there? This is in Proverbs 18, 15 in the New Living Translation. It says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Look at this. Their ears are open for knowledge. I think this is one of the most wonderful examples that we can give to our children grandchildren, just people in our lives, is we're the example of somebody that never stops learning and going after the things of God. Never. And there's some things that are connected to that. I wrote this down. Number one, you never stop going to church. You never stop going. Do you know how many people don't have a person in their life that's an example of that? I have an example. My parents, my grandparents never stopped going to church. 
And your family needs an example of somebody that shows them no matter what happens in life, you never stop going to church. You never stop learning. You never stop gathering around the word. You never stop giving God the opportunity to teach you his word every Wednesday, every Sunday. You're there growing in the things of God. There are so many people that don't have one person in their life that is a church attender. And it affects your life. There's something about the word that comes forth every Sunday and every Wednesday that brings us stability. It's about our foundation. We're still building that foundation. We're still growing that foundation. And and a family needs to see that. There's a, a family in this church that they went through a really really difficult time in their life. I mean, they went through, I mean, it was just hell on earth, financially, emotionally, <laughs> maritally, everything. It was just hell on earth. And she said, you know, I look back over that time in our life, and she said, I can't tell you that we did everything right. She goes, I can't tell you that we did everything right. She goes, but one thing we never stopped doing, we never stopped going to church. She said, it was, it was a sacrifice because we really didn't want to go. And she said, we really weren't enthusiastic about the church we were going to. But one thing we kept doing is we kept going to church and we kept bringing our family to church. And I just think that is such a strong example of leadership. When you show your family come hell, come high water, it doesn't matter. The house of God is important. The house of God is where we learn. The house of God is where we grow. The house of God is where we receive something you know, from God, we receive from the Lord's table and we're going to church and never stop that in your life. I don't care if you're going through a season where you're, you don't even like your church. You don't like your pastor. You don't like the people there. They all are oddballs and they all get on your nerves. Never stop going to church because there are the occasional oddballs at church. There are the occasional, you know, seasons where it seems like churches, you know, are pushing through or pressing through. And do you understand what I mean? There's the ups and downs. But you keep that going in your life and keep growing in the things of God. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. And keep staying hungry for God. Can you put this scripture up on the screen? 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Are y'all getting anything out of this today? Oh, yeah. I, I love this. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. This is something good to remember. It says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Look at what Paul said. He says, Now I know in part. Did you know that whatever you know about God, whatever you know about his word, whatever you know about the things of God, you just know a part. 
You just know a part. There's always more that God wants to show you. There's always more that God wants to develop you and grow you up in. And you are the one that has to be willing to stay hungry and to keep pressing in to grow in the things of God so that I know more this year than I knew last year. I know more today than I knew five years ago. Why? Because I'm pressing in. I'm hungry for God. I'm, I'm going that direction where I want to I find out more. I want more revelation. I want more understanding of God's ways. And I'm going to tell you, when you continue that in your life, it makes you a person that has ability to help people in their time of need. It causes you to not be limited in how you can help people. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, when, when did your family, you know, get into faith? You know, when did your family get into word of faith and all of that? We got, we, we got exposed to Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, Charles Capps, Norval Hayes, through my nana. My grandparents were phenomenal people, strong pillars in their church. They were not called to ministry. You know, they did not have a five-fold call, but I'm telling you, they were phenomenal leaders in our church, even in our city. My, my papa has a memorial built for him outside of City Hall because he was just such a strong Christian businessman in, our, in, that, in that city. And I mean really left a mark for God on the lives of people to the point where they built a memorial for him right outside of City Hall. But the thing about them is they never lost their hunger for God. And my Nana was in her 60s, her 60s, when she started hearing about Kenneth E. Hagan, when she started hearing about Charles Capps, she loved Charles Capps. When she started hearing about Norval Hayes, and we started going to these meetings down in Tulsa. And, you know, my family was raised Pentecostal, and they thought this stuff was just craziness. What is she, what is she listening to? Because, you know, when you, the faith language is a whole different language. Authority? What's she talking about? We have authority. What's she talking about? Prosperity? What's she talking about? This prosperity stuff. But I'm going to tell you, she kept going, and she kept growing, and she never stopped, and she led our entire family in that direction, and it changed the whole direction of our lives. Every one of us. It changed the direction of all of our lives because they had made a decision that they're not satisfied. You know what I mean? Because that's what a lot of people do. They get in their 60s and their kids are grown and they're like, well, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll just take it easy now. I won't go to church as much as I used to. You know, 
I, I did my part and raised my kids and, and now they're going to church. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to take it easy now. And I think, what if my Nana would have taken that approach? It would have affected our family for generations. But a good leader never stops growing in the things of God. You get anything out of this? Oh, yeah. uh, let's look at another one. Uh, are you, you're there in Philippians 1. This is the second thing is this. A great leader has something to give from the experiences they've personally had in walking with God. You've got something to give. If you've walked with the Lord and you've walked by faith and you've walked through some challenges and some tough places with God, you've got something to give and something to share from those experiences to those that you're leading. This scripture is just great. Paul said this in Philippians 1 and verse 12. He said, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me, the things that happened to you are what? Those are your experiences. He said, The things which happened to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance Look at that word, the furtherance of the gospel. Paul is saying here, my experiences, what I have went through, has helped to further the gospel. That word furtherance in the Greek means this. It means someone who goes ahead. And then it gives this example. Someone who would go ahead and clear out a road to make it easier for those traveling it behind them. Isn't that amazing? That's what the word furtherance means. It means you're like the one that goes out ahead in front of everybody else, and you have these experiences with God, and when you see them going through those same things, you can now share your experience. You can now share what you have learned and what you were shown by the Holy Spirit to help get through that. And now as they're traveling that very same road, it's easier for them. You help to further them. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That your experience has a little bit of worth? Your experiences can now be used as a stepping stone for somebody else to make it easier for them. I don't know about you. I want it to be easier for my kids and easier for my grandkids. Uh, you know, we have people that we're mentoring in the ministry. You know, like Martin and Cassandra. I try all the time to say different things to them. You know, just the wisdom that we've gathered in all of these years of ministry. Why? So that it'll make it easier for them. It'll further them. Hallelujah. Well, I've never really had a lot of experiences. Listen. Your day-to-day -day walk with God, faith with God, prayer life, 
All of those things that you just do day to day to day to day to day, those things prepare you to have something to give to somebody. And case in point of that is David. I've been reading about David and Goliath. I love that story. I could read it a million times. But I started reading not, you know, not necessarily right there at that place where David, you know, met Goliath, but a little earlier than that when David the shepherd boy out in the field day to day Oh, man, taking care of sheep. Gosh. I can't handle farm life. I can just tell you that right now. I was raised in Oklahoma, and I told my mom early on, I am not marrying a farmer. I am not. Don't even look my way, buddy. If you're into farming, forget it. I'm not. I love critters. But I'm not cleaning up after them my whole life. Hog and sheep and pig, no, chickens. Brother, you can have it. But you know, that's what he was doing. Day to day, walking with God, fellowshipping with God. And he faced some things that nobody even knew about. He faced a lion he faced a bear. And out there, all by his lonesome, out there talking to God, learning faith, learning that he could trust in God, learning that God would move through his life and he could do things that others would think impossible. He killed that bear with his bare hands. He killed that lion with his bare hands. Nobody knew this was going on in his life. He was just serving God. Love the Lord. How many people in here like that? Maybe you're not out there broadcasting everything that you have faced, but you have faced challenges and you've walked with God through it. And your faith has grown and you know a little something, something. And then when he came to that place where he saw Goliath, he's like, who's this guy? They're scared. Oh, cowering down. You know, the Bible says King Saul's knees were knocking. That's how scared he was. He's hiding in the palace. Their leader is hiding in the palace, afraid. But David shows up, knows just what to say, knows just what to do. And his Faith in God, which had been developed out there in that field day to day as he just walked with God, not only changed his life that day, but it changed a whole nation. His leadership affected a whole nation, and it was recognized right away because they're out there shouting, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. What is it? They were craving for a godly leadership who had faith in God and they saw it in demonstration that day. But where was that developed? 
Did it just fall on him out of the sky as he stood there before Goliath? No, it was developed in the day-to-day fellowship, the day-to-day prayer life, the day-to-day walking, the day-to-day learning and growing in the things of God out there in the field. You've got something. You've got a relationship with God where you've learned how to trust God. You've learned how to take God at his word. You've learned how to pray about things. You've learned how to stand. And I'm going to tell you there are people in your life that need to know about those things. And they see them in you and they are learning them from you. Be encouraged to keep going. Be encouraged to keep standing. Be encouraged to keep growing as a child of God and being that leader that people are hungry for. I was hungry for it. I didn't have to look very far to find it. That's what the blessing was for me. I had parents that stood firm on the word of God, that had faith in God, that were filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't have to look very far to find it. But there are people that are looking. And sometimes you can just sense it. You you know, sometimes you come to church and you meet somebody and you can tell they have nobody else in their life to help lead them in the things of God. And you become that person. Be willing to be that person. You get anything out of this? Um... Go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're just about done. The next thing is this. A great leader does not compromise. A great leader does not compromise. When you compromise, you lose credibility. When you compromise what's right, You lose credibility and people don't have confidence in you any longer and they stop following you. I really think this needs to be instilled in us that we follow what's right. We follow what we see in the word of God. That's what we follow. And when we know something is right, then that is what we do. And we refuse to compromise. I was reading over there uh, where Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego. I mean, there's a lot of men and women in the scriptures that did not compromise. Joseph wouldn't compromise. Daniel wouldn't compromise. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love that story. And I, the, I, I was looking up um, in Daniel 3.18 in the CAB. This is what they said to the king. They said, we will never serve your gods. We will never bow down to this golden statue that you've set up in front of us. We will never. We will never. If you want to be a great leader, you have to already have that decided in your heart before you get to a place where you could compromise. You have to already have it decided in your heart. I will never compromise what's right. I am a person of conviction and I live by the convictions of my heart. Um, Can we put that third slide up there? Let me just read a couple of these to you. Uh, This is uh, Proverbs 25, 26 from the Living Bible. It says, if a godly man compromises with the wicked, it's like polluting a fountain or muddying 
a spring. You know, God gives us things that are so precious, like a ministry or like a family, children. And so many of the time, people pollute that, pollute their ability to have any influence on that by the compromises that they make. You know, compromise can affect even God from doing in your life what he wants to do. Well, I don't like to hear that. Well, it's the truth. Do you know Paul said this? He goes, I thank my God that he found me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Meaning that if Paul would have been a compromiser when it came to the call of God, he would have never walked in the things that he walked in. That he had a heart that was right about these things. And that's really what it is. We have to have a heart that's right about these kinds of things so that we don't compromise them. There's another verse, First um, John um, 5 and 21 in the Amplified. It says, little children, believers, dear ones, guard yourselves from idols, false teachings, and moral compromises and anything that would take God's place in your heart. He's saying guard yourself against these moral compromises. Well, you know, say, well, you know, it's too late. I've already, I've already messed up. I've already made, you know, terrible mistakes and compromises in front of my children and they know about it and they don't respect me anymore. Well, you know what, you want to know something? There is healing from that. There is. There, there is a way that you can backtrack and gain credibility back with those in your life. And you know how it is? It's by you being transparent about it and repentant about it and having an open heart about it and, and having a right heart about this it will go a long way in healing that. I know somebody who, um, and this is kind of a common thing nowadays, his parents uh, divorced when he was a, a, a little kid because his father had cheated, you know, on his mother, and, and it was just really bad. You know, it was, there was just no way to reconcile it because the dad was just being really awful about it. And um, so it was very sad. His parents split up. But the mom continued to serve the Lord, and God restored her life and brought her a godly man, godly husband. And, and he was even a leader to, you know, the children that weren't his children. I mean, he just embraced them as his own. And, and anyway, this, this person, he said, you know, my stepdad was more like my dad because there was just this awkwardness with my biological dad. I mean, he just, he just, you know, had done that, and, and there just wasn't a lot of healing there. But one day, his dad came to him, his biological dad came to him, and he said, I need to, I need to tell you something. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did to you. I'm sorry for what I did to our family. He said, that was my fault. He said, that was nobody else's fault but mine. I did that. And he said, I got caught up in sin, 
and I didn't handle it right. He said, but I want you to know that I'm sorry for what I did to you. I'm sorry for what I did to your mom, and I'm sorry for breaking up our family. And I mean, he was really broken about it. He was very sorrowful about what he had done. And I'm telling you, it it went a long way to heal that. And now there's a relationship that's good and just more open. And that, that father got back his credibility. You know, that happens in ministry sometimes. These ministers do these weird things, and then they try to justify what they've done. I'm thinking, I'm not listening to you. Your heart's not right. Your heart's not even right towards integrity and I'm not listening to you. I don't care how anointed you are. I'm not listening to you no more. You've lost all credibility with me. I'm going to tell you, your credibility with your family and the trust that they have with you, that can never be taken lightly. And so we have to understand that compromise has consequences. But if, if you have compromised, there is grace to help you. There is grace to help you heal that if your heart is really right in it. And there is grace to help you move forward, hallelujah, without any sense of shame, without any sense of condemnation, glory to God, and to where you can be a strong leader in the lives of your children again or whoever it is in your, in your house. There is absolute redemption <laughs> for any person that has made those mistakes in life. Amen? But we move forward with a right heart. You can't be going back and forth on both sides of the fence all the time. You will lose your credibility. Praise the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, kids will do what you do. They don't do what you say. They do what you do. Can I give you one more thing? Uh, it's found in Ephesians 6, chapter 4. A great leader leads by word and by example. Ephesians 6, 4, and we'll look at it in the Amplified. It says, fathers, so this is talking about leadership. Fathers are leaders. Do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training that word training means demonstration, what you show them, what you're showing them. In other words, be a doer of the word. When I see that word demonstration, that makes me think of be a doer of the word. And I tell you, the proof is in the pudding. You know, you, 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 you read that story over there about the man who built his life on the rock. He was a doer of the word that he heard. And the rains came, the floods came, but his life didn't go off the edge. His life didn't go off the hill. His life stood firm. And when your kids and, and those in your life look at you, go through challenges, and they watch that you continually stay faithful to be a doer of the word in every circumstance you face, I'm going to tell you that is leadership. That is molding them. That is giving them a role model to follow. That is giving them something that I'm telling you will help them in their life. 
to know what to do when they face the storms of life. You just keep being a doer of the word. You keep walking by faith. You keep speaking the word. You don't quit. And you don't give up. And you don't get discouraged. And you don't start complaining. But you just keep on trusting God with joy. Hallelujah. We need examples like that. In the training... And in the discipline, and look at this, and in the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. The, the counsel and the admonition part is the verbal. So you have the training, which is the demonstration by what you do, and then you have the counsel and the admonition, and that is what you tell them. And I'm going to tell you, they both have to match. What you're doing and what you're saying it has to match. And that makes a good leader. We see that with the Apostle Paul. Remember Timothy, his son in the faith. We'll close with this. He would write him. He would write him all these letters <laughs> and communicate to them. One place he goes, I'm writing this to you so that you know how to behave in the house of the Lord. So you know what to do in life. I'm communicating this to you. But then he also said in another place, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. He's saying, you can follow my example. What a, what a powerful statement. That he said, people can follow my life. Brother Hagin used to say that. He said, there was a lot of ministers, and he knew a lot of ministers well. And he said, there were a lot of ministers that could preach, they could preach the house on fire. He said, you could follow their preaching, but you couldn't follow their life. You could follow their preaching and what they say. He said, but you couldn't follow their life. I don't want to be that kind of minister, and I don't want to be that kind of parent, and I don't want to be that kind of leader. I want to be like Paul where you can follow what I say and you can follow what I do because that's leadership. And that makes a great leader. It just really does. And those are simple things. But we need to hear these things because I really believe that God is using us on the one-on-one -on -one with people. I really believe that people are looking for something real and they're looking for something authentic. And they're, 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 they're tired of the fluff. You know what I mean? I mean, even in the church world, I mean, it's been like Hollywood church. <laughs> All the sights and sounds. But then you find out that a lot of these people don't even have a strong walk with the Lord. You understand what I mean? It's just, it's like ready, set, Go. Lights, camera, action. But they don't have it. They don't have a, a relationship or a walk with God that's real. They can't lead anybody. They need somebody helping them. <laughs> I mean, I looked around during COVID and I thought, where are the leaders? Where are they at? Where are the leaders in the body of Christ that are supposed to hold the line? Where are they at? And praise God, there were some out there, but 
some of them disappointed me. I'll be honest with you. I thought, are you kidding? Really? We're supposed to be leading them. <laughs> Where'd you go? On a 12-month vacation? Really? We need you here. We need your church open. <laughs> Leadership. The world's looking for it. I want to be that to the people in my world. I know that you have that desire too. Amen. Did you get anything out of that this morning? I pray that, ins that inspired you, encouraged you. Why don't we just lift up our hands and thank God for what he's doing in us. Father, thank you right now that you're raising up an army. We believe that. You're raising up a strong army in this day. And Father, we thank you that we are reaching and influencing our households for you. We're reaching and influencing just those that are in our lives, maybe their family members, friends. But God, use us to be that light. Use us to be that leader, to point people to Christ and to show them that this isn't, uh, this isn't a game. This isn't phony. This is real. This is a real life with you. And so, Father, I just give you praise today that you've inspired and encouraged our hearts to keep growing, to keep going, <laughs> to keep leading those in our lives. And we give you the praise today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. If you're here today, I think we're all home folk in here, but if you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus, can I just pray a quick prayer with you? Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I thank you that your blood washes all my sin away. I am now a child of God. I'm now born again. I am now blessed and not cursed. Thank you for receiving me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, write us and let us know because we want to pray for you. We want to help you in this new life that you have with Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Father, thank you for these people. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. We declare that we're kept by the power of God. We declare, Jesus, that your favor goes before us. We thank you that your spirit goes before us, makes crooked places straight. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you use us in unusual ways to reach people for you. We thank you that there's a word on our lips to share about Jesus. There's a word in due season to share with those who are oppressed. There's a good word to, to tell those who've received a bad report. Lord, I thank you that that boldness and that courage rises strong on the inside of us and we're doing things for the kingdom that we've never done before. Thank you that the awakening is here. The awakening is now. Hallelujah. And you're using us to reap that harvest. And we give you the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. We love you. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads and all of the great leaders in this church. We love you with our whole heart. And we want you to have an awesome day. Shake hands with 5,000 people. Testify the Lord is...